Looking Out, episode 35, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and listen to. I'm Eric. I'm Jason. And I'm Kaya. Yes, for the only the second time ever in podcast history, we have a special guest. Yes. We're super excited to have the um, audio engineering queen, <laughs> queen of audio engineering, I should say, Kaya Fisher yes. in the house. This is lovely. It's good to be here. So, and you're here for a good, yeah, for a good one. Yeah, we have an annual tradition where we both get together and spend a week, um, not only hanging out and sort of reconnecting because we're old friends dating back to the first night we ever hung out was the night that Kurt Cobain was found dead. No, is that true? Yeah, we technically met no each connection other. there at all. It's totally <laughs> nothing to do with it. Okay. <laughs> we had. Technically met each other previously, but the first night we ever hung out and like got to know each other, I went to the like natural foods co-op where Kaya was working and like picked her up and we went to a party. Um, and at the time she had long blonde hair uh-huh. and everyone was like, the ghost, the ghost. Oh no. 94, right? Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was funny because I was working at this natural foods co-op at the time and one of the employees made this sign that said like, beets the kurt cobain memorial vegetable <laughs> and like all these people that came in like that was how they found out that kurt cobain died they oh my like, god <laughs> they're like, smart ass yeah yeah they're like what and then cry or whatever oh it's really funny. what a dick <laughs> <laughs> so anyways um for three years now uh once a year we get together for a week and we both work on personal sort of passion projects art projects i Work on a, a writing project. I love it. I um, love Kai it. is working on a translation project, which is a much more worthy and more likely to be published pursuit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I love that you guys do this. It's so cool. So, yeah, it's great. We just hang out and have really good food and catch up and watch um, usually like old skateboarding documentaries. Yeah. A lot because – we also really? we also both grew up skateboarding and you know there's like a certain era of we almost um well I should wait cuz we might talk about this during the documentary section but anyways uh, yeah. we'll talk about that more Hold later. Hold on. Yeah, don't give don't give away the goods here. Yeah. Got to wait people. Yeah, you got to wait. You got to wait. One thing I wanted to do at the top of the episode cuz I usually do this at like the very tail end is ask people to please go to iTunes and give us a review. Uh we would first of all love to hear from you and love to hear where you're listening from because unfortunately the podcasting um, analytics are archaic still at this point. Hopefully they catch up now that podcasting has become more popular, but it also helps more people find this podcast and we'd love to help more people out there find even better stuff to eat and watch and read and listen to. For sure. Yeah. And the likelihood of somebody Getting all the way to the end of one of these fucking things. This, this is we should just start doing this at the beginning every time. Yeah. You know, I've been seeing more and more podcasts come out that are like an hour plus. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe people don't listen to all of those either. I do. I listen to all of them. Yeah. But um, I consume voracious consumer of podcasts in general. Oh, as we well know. Speaking of which, I would uh, if we can jump right in. I have a let's get into it. Yeah. I have a new one that like your wife is just gonna thank me. Are you serious? Endlessly for. Um, it's a podcast by these two women out of L.A., and um, it's a true crime podcast called My Favorite Murder. Really? And it's funny. It's super engaging. Um, 
they've done about like maybe 30 some episodes sort of like similar to us but they've gotten a ton of attention from like I think they were on Huffington Post and some other as like best new podcasts so they've got developed quite a readership but they're just like super um they call them like murderinos like people that are just like super into murder and true crime they're just like super murderinos murderinos that's what they call like the community around like true crime i thought it was a snack food (laughs) (laughs) so anyways super awesome they go into both like you know, fairly common, but also really obscure. One of the ones that they talked about, which prompted me to watch a documentary was the whole, um, the guy who posed as a Rockefeller who pretended to be Clark Rockefeller. He was actually a German national who came to the United States and basically reframed himself as like a famous rich American and like conned people, including like very rich and powerful people for decades and just like move through the high society in the world as like, um, he like af- affected the accent of like Thurston Howell from watching Gilligan's Get Island. The fuck out of here. <laughs> so, anyways, it's an amazing podcast. My favorite murder, and they just every episode they both bring a murder and they both talk about like a murder that, that they've discovered. Oh, she's gonna go ape shit. Yeah, for this. exactly. So you're right. It's like perfect for her. Oh my god. Yeah, that's <laughs> spot on. Yeah. Not that she needs any more <laughs> content. Like, death and murder yeah. in our lives. Like it's. Constantly with the with just the fucking like you walk in a room and it's just grisly like it's mostly like TV shows though right oh it's all it's all TV all TV shows. Yeah. it's all TV and they shows. The, these ladies too are like up on all of those shows of course they're obsessed with all those shows so. okay well she's gonna love yeah. that <laughs> all right my favorite murder my favorite murder yep. all right good tip good happening one. out of L A yeah oh nice one what about you you got anything. Um, shit, man. I, I've been back to kind of just like my standard, I've talked about movie so much in the past. Like I've been traveling and lots of airport time and it's been so good lately. Um, so I've been rocking the movie cause it's got the download feature so you can just watch, you know, you can stick a couple, three movies on your, on your, whatever your device and then. (laughs) Just rock that well. And they, it's all it's independent film and documentary, or is it just documentary? Oh no, it's anything. It's anything. Yeah, like it could be Jackie Brown in some like you know Japanese movie from the thirties, or like it's it's. Anything. But it's like a, a variety of movies that are just available for thirty days. Thirty that right? days. That's oh. exactly right. Yep, six bucks a month. God, that's a good deal. It's it's stupid. It's so good. And it's films that you can't get anywhere else. What's it called again? M-U-B-I. Mubi. Oh, yep. Cool. It's the best streaming service that exists. Easily. That's that's a that's a fucking statement right there. Yeah. It's I know. I know. And I don't make it lightly. It's the truth. Man. Wow. Wow. It's you can't And are you including like Netflix and Amazon and yeah. stuff like that? Are we like, being viral marketed right now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking for a sponsorship here. <laughs> like it, honestly, like I would take this over Netflix if I had to choose. Right. Like Luckily you don't. Which is but, crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know. Netflix I know. is like the it's like the bicameral political party system of like entertainment. It's like, well, there's not really another choice. So I'm going to vote for one of these fucking movies, even though I hate them all. <laughs> exactly. You, know I mean? you have to have yeah. it. Yeah. Like you got to have Netflix. So 
yeah. we have it because everybody's yep. talking about fucking Stranger Things. Right. Yeah. Which, yeah. Are we talk, Are we going to talk? Did we already talk about that? I had you not I finished it or something. I think maybe actually that's it. We didn't. It. I still haven't finished it. Have you? Have you watched? Has it? anyone out there heard of this? <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, I know. We have, have you watched? We it? had a discussion yeah. about it earlier today over lunch. Actually, we like talked about it for quite a while. Yeah, it's great. We can recap for you if you want. No, because I don't want to. I, mean, I still we don't want to spoil it for anyone who, yeah. like the three people who just got back from a fucking deserted island who haven't seen it. <laughs> totally, I know. I mean, it's you know, I just got dragged out of it by the night of. Right. That's what I. That's where I'm spending my time, my limited yeah. viewing time. I just rewatched the entire for a second time. Uh, rewatched it with Nicole because I decided, like you know, on paper this is not her thing. She does not like anything vaguely horror. Right. But um, I was like, you know, I think there's enough other stuff about the show that will override. It's like, it's not like she didn't watch things like Lost have supernatural elements that are kind of like scary or horrific at times. And it's kind of seems like it's a little edgier than that, obviously. But um, yeah. Oh, you know what? I got a good one. Um, New um, arrival on Netflix is film that I've been. I mean, it never would have been that hard to find, so I haven't been searching super hard for it, but I've been thinking about it for years. I saw it the year it came out uh, called Heavy. It was uh, James Mangold's first film, and it's new on Netflix um, as of last week, and um, it's uh, Liv Tyler. She's like fucking 19, and so that there's all that comes along with that, right? Um, and then you've got Debbie Harry. What? I shit you not. Shelly Winters. What? <laughs> yeah. Shelly Winters, Taylor Pruitt Vince. There's like an 18 year old Jonathan Winters too. And everything that comes along with that. Right? <laughs> no, oh my God. I only wish. Oh my God. He, that would have made this the perfect movie ever. But, um, Evan Dando's in it. Like the Seriously? score is done by Thurston Moore. Um, and it's called Heavy? Thurst- yeah, Thurston Moore, right? Sonic Youth? Yeah. It's Thurston Moore. I was, <laughs> Thurston, I was thinking Thurston Howell after I know, we were just I talking about like, It's all Thurston-related yeah. recommendations. Yeah. But uh, this this film's so great. Um, so check it out. I, I won't give much away. I mean, there's to be honest with you, there's not a lot to it. Like, it's a very simple film. Um, and, but it's so well done. And um, check it out. And fucking Debbie Harry, I mean... God, yeah, Jesus. Anything. And the thing that's funny is I remember watching it. Um, so it came out in 95. And I remember watching it when it was new. And I was like, damn, Debbie Harry looks old. And she, God, she used to be so hot. And she's kind of, God, she didn't maybe age that well. And now I look at her, I'm like, oh, my God, she's still so hot. Like, it's funny because <laughs> now that I'm, you know, 20 years older, I'm like, right. oh, right. Like in your 80s or 90s, like Golden Girls? Like, I yes. fucking hope so. <laughs> I, I sure as hell hope so. Like stuff will just... It's got to, right? Maybe. Like Golden Girls, I mean... Does the opposite happen, though, where like people, like, you're like, you see college kids and you're like, keep the children away from them. <laughs> uh, I think that happens, too. I think right? that does happen, too, yeah. yeah. Certainly, it's like... College kids now seem like, like children, right? unbelievably young, yeah. They're 14. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know when I don't know when college freshmen started being fourteen years old, but that was I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. I've been so I've been watching this thing like I don't I, not it's not so much a specific recommendation. It's like a way to watch. Like I've been doing this layering thing 
where like I'll put four distinct pieces of media up at the same time and like Get layer the and like layer them in volume. Get the fuck out no, of here. No, seriously. We're like, you have like two different songs playing and then you're like watching a show and you layer. You're full of shit. Are <laughs> no, you serious? Really? Yeah. And, then, like, like... and the art of like the way you balance them is part of the experience, you know, where you're like, so you have like a talkie thing. <laughs> Holy like, shit. It's like cultural remixing or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh and my I kind of feel like it, it could be really cool if there was like a good, there must be really great software for just screen capturing it. So you could like right. show, so you'd be like, oh, they've got like battles. Capture an experience. Yeah. yeah. So there's like. Something's going full screen. You got Battlestar Galactic in the corner. You're you've got like you know I don't know Nirvana that, and then there's like some talky thing underneath that. Rachel Maddow or something like really low, <laughs> just like set like a serious tone. You know, I've wow, been that. that's a, a night. It's pretty cool. That's heavy. That's almost like some kind of crazy like. I feel like I've seen that in movies where like. But it's usually a fucking crazy person, to be honest with you. He's <laughs> <laughs> got like all, like ten TVs. It's all right, like the mastermind or something. Yeah, but yeah. they're not. I don't think they're dialing it in. Is is one thing that would be awesome to do is like have one of the screens be a feed of like what's happening outside your apartment or something like that. Oh yeah, like add some reality. That's like that'd be creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe a pit, or like your own, the, yeah, or like the cam picture of you, like watching watching it. Yeah. <laughs> but then the other one is like I'm trying to, I, like I remember being in college and like you know before there was all the streaming stuff and like being up late and then getting bored and sad, and then you're like that goes on for a while and then you actually do something like write a poem or yeah. some creative work and I'm like how do I get back to that? Oh, that's right. long gone, am I right? That's been a decade. Oh, are you easy. kidding? A decade? It's been, I don't even remember. And so I'm like, I want to like find this, like create a space for that in my life, but I haven't figured out where. Oh, God. It's not going to be God mind. bless you. It's going to be a place without Wi-Fi, that's for sure. Yeah. 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 And after like serious withdrawal. Yeah. So, God bless you for the effort. Yeah. I mean. I didn't make any effort. <laughs> it's just an idea that I got one. Well, I like <laughs> yeah. it. I like that you're even yeah. thinking of yeah. it, right? Yeah. You could use some time like that too. Yeah, like I the, think everybody the mo- could. The most writing guys... I've ever got done was when I went to a friend's wedding in upstate New York, where not only did I not have internet, but I didn't have cellular. There was nothing, and the oh, Nicole and the girls so like took off and did a whole bunch of like sightseeing stuff, like went and toured caves and waterfalls and did a bunch of like normal life shit. And I sat. We rented this farmhouse, and there was a corner with like an old roll top desk. And there was just a window behind me, and it was this dark corner. I just sat there, and I wrote, like, 9,000 words a day or something crazy Oh, like my that. God. Really? I would, like, write 1,000 and be like, yes, done for the day. And I would go sit on the couch and, like, read my kid and be like, I'm so fucking bored. Like, I guess I should just get up and write 1,000 more words. And yeah. um, I did, like, five to 8,000 a day. It's not like I cranked out 8,000. And also, I was also at a point in this book where I knew exactly what was going to happen and everything was outlined. So it was easy to be that productive. But Nicole's always like, why don't you go to upstate New York to a place that has no – and I'm like, meh. Like, (laughs) you know, like you don't willingly want to do that. It just happened to be the circumstances. But it was amazing in that same way. I think about being like – like I don't want to be the Luddite though. Like, just, like, your friend that's just, like, yeah. never knows, like, Stranger Things or whatever. But, like, I've, I'm, like, what if I, I'm that person that just, like, unplugs and goes, like, super deep with getting real and is, like, you go have lunch with I your friend and they're, afraid. like, holy shit, that person is present. 
Right. Yeah. You know, you'd yeah. freak people out. So be like, your, oh, your friend would never notice because they were like playing Pokemon Go the whole time through. Yeah, lunch. exactly. You'd <laughs> be like, chick is super intense. I don't really know right. what to do here. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people would be way into it. Nicole is really good about like never looks at her phone when the kids are around, like yeah. especially not at dinner time or like if she's there with a friend, like she's there. And right, locked in. Right. And I, I feel like it's just become a cultural norm to not, it's become like totally acceptable to just be like pulling out your phone and checking it all the time and doing all that. Yeah. Shit, right. so. Everyone else is actually relieved that now they get to and not feel right. bad. Yes, yes, it is one exactly person right. does it, then it's okay for everyone to do it. Yeah. Yep. Like I'll do it. Like I'm pretty good about it. I think I'll do it. Like if I'm having lunch with you or something. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Like I'll yeah. pull it out and do it. Like <laughs> no offense, but we I talk to each other now. But I talk yeah. to you all the time. Like, like I'm not yeah. text Eric or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she hey, like, dude, how's Pokemon going? You yeah, like, <laughs> I, I caught four Pokemans. Yeah. yeah. I can... <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man, I want to break out. Um, so yeah. clue clue the people in what we're doing for tasting here because I want to bust mine out here. So we decided. Um, this week to do a drink and a non-alcoholic drink, and we wanted to do kombucha, which has obviously become quite a big thing. So let's start off just of all by saying, where are you on the kombucha and the probiotics and good or not good? Like, oh, do you, for do me, you think I every, mean, everyone is just like completely eviscerating their gut health by over indulging in this shit or what? Oh no, uh, you can't over, you can't, you cannot over. Like you can't have too many bacteria. Like it's gonna be, like you're not you're not gonna be like some crazy baba in India that's growing <laughs> like bacteria <laughs> off the side of your like you know your yeah. arms. Like you can't you can't drink enough of this to hurt yourself. I am a f- full since the first time I had it, which was years ago. You're, like you're anything, in? oh yeah. full bore. I yeah. love it, love it, love it. Anything that tastes remotely like vinegar. Right. I want to drink the whole goddamn thing. And especially kombucha because it's kind of like it's, there's a ton of layers and flavors. I I fucking love it. The stuff that tastes more like beer to me, like I have a hard time fucking with because, you know, I don't don't really. I don't like, I don't drink beer. I'm not like a beer guy. I don't like that. Yeah taste but um i found and I'll, when we get to my part of it i'll obviously talk about it i found a brand and some stuff that i feel like dials in exactly what i'm looking for really all right killer. Sure. so try these um okay. this is not a kombucha this is a that smells good it's a shrub Oh yeah, this has Some, become like this is like the next the new wave fucking thing like it's like it's a little annoying because it's like oh of course, you gotta have something fucking new. So this is a beet and ginger shrub with like just S H R U B, like a, like the thing in your backyard, like a yeah. squatty plant. Yeah, <laughs> squatty evergreen that used to be in front of my grandma's house. Um, beet ginger. It's really good, isn't it? Really good. Yeah, and white mixed, peppercorn, and you just mixed it with sparkling water yeah so normally what you would do is you would have an our ice melted and but you'd have on ice um club soda instead of sparkling water so you're getting like real fizz you know or gerolsteiner or something that's got like a lot of bubbles and um and hit it with with you know i don't know however much you want of this shit it's a little syrupy at the end yeah i i think i hit it a little hard with the sauce but um no it's tasty 
it's a lot of beat in there, right? Yeah, it's almost like it's it's sweet. It's almost like a bit of melted popsicle stuff or something. Yeah, that's exactly what it tastes like. Yeah, like With a like a shot of fruit apple and cider veggie vinegar on it, or like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, dude, chilling slightly this. vinegary, um, like cold pressed juice or something. Mm-hmm. Dude's chilling it around town, and it's good. Like, I mean, he's very po- his setup is very polished. He's got like. Great design. Wait, don't we know the guy who's doing this? Like, isn't it a guy well. from the probably do advertising community or something like that? He very well may be. Like his design, everything was so in line, and his pitch was so tight, and all of it was so polished. I was kind of like, oh, I know right, he's dude. a freelance writer. That that's how I know this dude because he's got all kinds of shit. Like he's like it's so buttoned up. I wanted to hate him, but I went and I tasted it, and I was like, fuck, all right, it's good. I'll I'll buy it. Um. It's like it, that way with a lot of stuff right now, right? Yeah, man. Like, it's like oh, it's man. like God damn it. Does it have to be? Do you have to have like the so the precious whole package and so yeah. precious? Fucking yeah. What? I, I'll just dirty with like a fucking marker on the side of the bottle. I'll buy ten of them. Right. I don't need. I don't. But I don't want to pay for that, your design. That's like precious too, though. You know. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. Maybe it is. I don't know. At least don't look. I don't know. I mean, who fucking knows what my problem is? I got all kinds of fucking problems. But this dude. <laughs> It at least tastes good. Yeah. Right? Yeah, this is his, because uh, I'm on his email list because he's always trying to get work from us, from the agency where we both work. Yeah. And um, he, it's the first time I'd ever heard of this shrub thing when he sent out his email introducing it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'd never heard of it either until I saw him at the farmer's market and I was like, yeah, sh- fucking shrub. Of course it's called shrub. Like, it can't just be like a drinking Vinegar, whatever the fuck or like, like drinking vegetable vinegar. drinking vinegar yeah no yeah. it's a shrub and i'm sure it's got some lineage and yeah fucking fucking <laughs> get out of here with it but it's good it's good yeah it is good all right so the first one i'm gonna bust out over here so i really like this brand kavita this is what i'm seeing i'm, which they, I'm they make like a, a sparkling probiotic drink but then they, they have a master brew kombucha that i really love Whoops. You're not doing any shake at all. No. Which I know they say not to, but lots of brand. Do you like kombucha? Are you a kombucha drinker? Yeah, I can drink okay. some kombucha. Well, with the best of them. Because um, a lot of times there's a so, lot of sediment at the bottom, and I like to get that up in the mix. Yeah. These two, I like a lot of their flavors. They've got like a, Ooh, a pineapple one. What the hell is this one? This is a mango habanero Fucking that I think a. is really good. What it's like just fuck? the perfect amount of spicy. <laughs> it's too fizzy. It goes on my nose. Oh, see, this Can't is the beauty. It. It's like a fucking champagne kind of makes you, makes you yeah. silly. Fucking hey, man, that's good. Woo. That's got a... Um, it's got a kick to it. Yeah. Oh, that is badass. Wow. Yeah, right? Man- mango... Mango habanero. Well, the two great tastes that go great together. Exactly, right? Yeah. Oh, that's a bad mother. Yeah. They've got like a tart cherry one that's super good. Um, This other one I I brought, which... It doesn't feel vinegar. I wish I had more vinegar. This is a dragon fruit lemongrass. That's really... dragon fruit. Jesus. What do they call it? Master brew. Don't know, because it comes from... Maybe it comes from the, shit, like, man. the same cause mother cause or Because no, there's ain't no, no dilettante brew. It's right. <laughs> oh, man, this is the fucking real Can shit. I try this one? Which one is that? What's the flavor? This is the, um, it's a dragon fruit lemongrass. Dragon fruit lemongrass is very Thai. 
Yeah, isn't it? Mm. You don't see the dragon fruit that much. That's a pink one, right? On the outside, yeah. On the, the outside, in the like, white. It's like Dalmatian. Yeah, white with the black seed. Dalmatian they got one cream. on the That's it, there. yeah. Yep. You never see that except in another country. Except in Thailand, they grow in your yard. Or in L.A. Really? Yeah, there was like, we rented this Airbnb last time I was in L.A. And there was one growing out of the neighbor's yard that was like hovering over the fence line. And I was like. I'm taking that bitch. Can we eat it? Yeah. I, I felt bad. I, I didn't, we didn't eat it, but it looked really good. That is really good. So here's the thing, though. I don't, I'm not getting a lot of vinegar out of this. It's a little less vinegary than, like, the, I mean, the brand that everyone drinks is that, like, what is it? JT's. GT Dave's or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah that one. That one's huge. They got the yeah. market cornered. And the, it's really like good. the Synergy one is the only one that Synergy. I mess with. In Synergy's that. one that I like. Like ginger and whatever the fuck. This is this is like a really flavorful Lacroix or something. That's yeah. why you like it. Yes, I think you're right. I mean, it's got it does have like a sour edge to it though. Yeah, it's like, like it's not the most vinegar of them, but Lacroix. Yeah, no, but that's that's really good. That's a flavor you don't you don't see around. Yeah, that much. That's really good. I yeah. never buy this brand. I'm getting this ma- mango habanero for sure. They got it across the street at the. No, they don't. Ca- they don't carry this brand across the street. Whole Foods is the best place because, like, in, you know, in that the end cap cooler right by the registers where they have all of the juices and kombucha and stuff. They have got like all of the flavors of this this brand. Right. It's the only place. Kowalski's carries a lot of the flavors, but not these two. Whole Foods is – these might even be Whole Foods exclusive in this region. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. Okay. So that Whole Foods over by Calhoun, though, is where I get these all the Who's time. Who's going to make – are you making kombucha you know, in, I, in I got Queens? A, I got a um, – what do you call it? A mother. A mother from a friend, and she's like, you got to do this. You got to make it. And I, like, plopped it in some tea, you know? Like sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Green tea, and it, like, right. did it, this whole thing, but I, I like – It's like Frankenstein's monster. It just like rages out of control immediately. I had a lot of I have a lot of experience with wild fermentation stuff. Like I made a ton of sauerkraut and um, just different uh, like kvass and different kinds of really? fermented stuff. Yeah, so I was really excited, but I kind of forgot about it, and then I got and then I think it kind of like died. Oh, mm. uh, so it had, ran like, out of food. Yeah, I had like dead kombucha, like the yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the drink yeah. itself just. So I didn't really know. I just like yeah. put it on a tiny boat and set it on fire in the East River and let it. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> a little mini, mini Viking funeral for your kombucha mother. I think I just flushed it down the toilet, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> of course you did. But that's about the same thing <laughs> in New York. <laughs> East River one way or the other, right? Yeah. <laughs> so... I gotta, I gotta give it a go. I think. I mean, because I want to like dial it up. Because what I would get, like, I would just love to make it as gnarly as you can fucking get. Like, even get the almost like a hooch. I want to make a fucking hooch with it. Right. Well, there get is. They got in trouble that um, JTs or whatever synergy kombucha, whatever that shit is called. Yeah. Um, that's like everywhere and do- you know, like you can practically get it at gas stations in like the middle of Wisconsin. It's so popular. Right. Um, they got in trouble or for, because of that there was actual alcohol content. Yeah. And Nicole can't drink it because it, like it's right up her zone. She loves probiotic stuff. Yeah. You know, she loves the drinking vinegars and she was like getting like, uh, you know, Flush. she has like an alcohol allergy. Right. So, 
she was like it was triggering that same allergic reaction that she gets when she drinks booze. So, well, they had to like reformulate it or yeah. something to like lower. I think they dial it down. There's it like was, like actually became it has to be like under two percent or something like yeah. that by volume. So it used to be better. Yeah, it used to be better. Yeah. You could give it to kids. If now you, you can give. Now you can give it to kids. My daughters <laughs> love this um, Kavita brand stuff. Do they? Yeah, I mean, they also really love when we got the like. Um, some drinking vinegars or whatever from Pock Pock in oh, Portland. Yeah. They love that. They would, oh, love they would have their friends over and they would like mix them drinks, Cute. you know, yeah. from the drinking vinegars. And like, it was like they were introducing their friends to the best thing ever. Yeah. Which they, they don't are. really like drink mainstream. They don't, not to sound all like holier than thou, but like our kids don't drink soda. We just like sure, didn't yeah. want them to ever go there. We don't drink soda in the house, and you know they have a sprite or a root beer every once in a while or whatever. But right, so to them this was like a real treat because it was like drinking soda. Yeah, like yeah. the closest thing they're going to get besides like maybe an Izzy at like a birthday party or something. Right. So yeah, they they loved it. Don't they? So booze. Was is it true? It's like illegal under the age of twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like in Russia, like or in Poland, like. Didn't they just until recently like serve anything? So anything under like beer wasn't even considered an alcoholic beverage in Russia until like fucking five. Are you years serious? Ago. I'm serious, and they would serve that shit in schools. Serve the bear in schools. Bears. In schools, I'm telling you. Two bears in schools. This <laughs> is some Reagan era propaganda. No shit man, I am kids. telling you, they will fucking serve that shit in schools. Kids are fucking drinking beers. Well, they used to serve whiskey at work in the United States. Really? Yeah, the original coffee break was a whiskey break. What the fuck? There was like a massive corn surplus, and the government bought it, and they turned it all into whiskey, and they gave everyone a ration of whiskey. What year was this? There was a whole write-up in the New York Times about the... It was about the history of, like, why is the corn industry so fucked up, and why are we still, like, Uh giving... The reason why, like, McDonald's beef is so cheap is because of the corn subsidies. Like, why are we still giving corn subsidies? And they traced it all back to this period where there was a massive corn boom and grain boom. And they turned the government – there was so much that the whole market was just going to collapse and it was going to fuck the economy. So the government bought it all. And then they were like, you can only store so much of it. And they didn't know what to do with it. So they turned it all over to distillers and they made it all into whiskey because they were like, you can store whiskey. And then they were like, we have all this whiskey. What the fuck should we do? And they just gave it out to everyone. What the? And there was so much of it that people started having whiskey breaks at work. And then when prohibition happened, they were like, we can't have people like there's this tradition and people don't want to give this up. Well, let's just serve them coffee instead. And they turned it into a coffee break. What the fuck? Yeah. God damn it, America. See, you think the Russians are fucked, but we're just as fucked as they are. Fucking one more notch, one more, like, tick in the column for Trump. I feel like he could... (laughs) How'd you come around to that? I don't know. I just feel like if if something that fucking crazy is going to happen, I feel like maybe he would... Well, not now, you know. Like, obviously you can drink. I can drink drink now. Well, you have whiskey at work. I got... It's true. In some days, some days, I was going to say, you were like, isn't it crazy that they used to have liquor at work? And I was like, I've been to your office, dog. There's like a huge, it's like Mad Men over there. It's like a huge open bar. Nobody, yeah, I'll roll depending on the day and what the day has. I've been known, like, I'll go early. Cube soda? Early. What's early? Cube Noon? soda? Three? I'll, no, early. Like, I'll on go a Friday, people start at like two. Two. 
Yeah, but I'll go. I mean, like, depending on the day, line, like, if things are hairy, I'll go Tuesday at one. Just like have a couple of drinks and then write some emails. No, I'll have like a <laughs> one strong drink to to fucking get right again. We've got a, right. We actually have a breathalyzer on his laptop that shuts off his email. <laughs> shuts, shuts down off Skype. the email. Like, yeah. No more client Skype. <laughs> shuts yeah. down the email. Opens up eBay. Like it just shuts down. <laughs> yeah, work email and opens eBay. All sorts of like crazy vans that were made by like. Japanese 12 year olds with like crazy anime designs on them start showing up. Yeah, you wake up Wednesday morning, you're like, fucking breathalyzer. Yeah. <laughs> so, want to talk about movies? Yeah, the other thing I want to talk about this week was so, because of this um, podcast, My Favorite Murder, I watched this documentary um, called. My friend Rockefeller that sort of chronicles this whole weird case of this oh, guy. Oh, this guy. Okay. Clark Rockefeller, who, uh, like, because along the way he murdered a couple of people. He wasn't, like, a serial killer or a murderer. Like, that wasn't his main thing. But, like, if someone got in his way or was, like, threatening to expose him, he he had no problems murdering someone or bilking someone out of all their money or whatever. But, like, he wasn't first and foremost, like, a murderer. Um, he was evidently like a very <laughs> part of his. Who among us is real? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of Donald always Trump. like a Donald Trump. Donald Trump, Trump. first and foremost, murderer. It's kind of always dash murderer. Yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. Dash like, murderer. yeah, comma. It's like the if you're listing your degrees, you know, it's yeah. like af, it's like the third in the line. Or really, yeah. Um. Anyway, so I watched this documentary. I was like, got to the end and was like, this is a profoundly unsatisfying documentary. Like, even though this was, like, it sounded so interesting on paper. Like, okay. I love con artists. Yep. I love murder. You know, like, this should have been, like, way dialed in. I mean, The Jinx, fuck me. Oh, Like, one of the God. best documentaries of all time. Incredible. Uh, making of a Murderer, another so great compelling. contemporary. Uh, and before that, I watched this documentary on Netflix called Kid Poker about this guy who's, like, the winningest... Um, poker player of all time came from like a um, like an Eastern European family. It's, you know, has won the World Series of Poker like six or seven times. Huh. Has won tons of tournaments. He's like the Tiger Woods of poker, basically. And um, he they showed all these clips of him sitting at a table with people and being like, when when people were raising or trying to like bluff him, and he'd be like. You have King Six. And they were like, fuck. You know, like many, many times. Like so many times they did like a quick montage of him being like, you have a pair of tens. (laughs) And he just like has this uncanny ability to be like, this is what you have because I'm I can read your behavior and I can read like what's on the table and I know what I have. Yeah. And I can perfectly pinpoint what you have. And it's just so intimidating to people that they're just like this guy knows what I have at all times. Like, how can you beat someone oh my God. who knows what you have? Wow. And even that, and I love the World Series of Poker, and I love yeah. Texas Hold'em, and I love all that. Once again, a, I, like, I got to the end of the documentary, and it was like, that was really unsatisfying. It didn't deliver, yeah. Did not deliver, which made me sort of reflect upon, like, what is it that makes, like, a really amazing, really compelling documentary? I love it, right? And yeah. it's certainly, like... One of the elements has to be like it's transporting you or it's like um, a detailed study of a world that's different than our own. 
Yep. You know, and so, sometimes that can be a small way. It can be like rural Wisconsin and some family that's all messed up. Or, you know, in the case of my brother's keeper, it was like yep. upstate New York, this like crazy small town and this like extraordinary circumstances. And in the case of like, you know, Thin Blue Line or Earl Morris, you're like, there's something at stake, I think is one of the other components. Absolutely. Yep. It's like taking you really in depth and showing you this, this, whether it's a, a world or like a microcosm that you're unfamiliar with, or it's a view of that world that like at a level of detail that you don't know. And there's something at stake. Those have, those have to be the two things. Uh, yeah. I at think... least that I've so far identified. And I wanted to throw it out there and have I a discussion. I love that. I, I think it's a great discussion mm. because like, if you have like, like you said on paper, and this happens to so many movies, like nobody starts out saying, you know what? We've got this cool idea for like a comedy horror film. We know it's going to kind of suck, but we're going to make it anyway. Nobody who knows? fucking starts Who knows if it'll turn out to be interesting? Let's just roll the cameras yeah. and follow these people around. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and you know, nobody starts out like that. They like just, the Finders Keepers documentary? Right. It's the from like very compelling, very strange circumstances. But by the end of that thing, like both of those people's lives, you're like, see these people's lives transformed in this way that you never, ever expected. So there is another thing. Like there's another factor where it's like the documentary becomes part of the story itself. Right. Cause these people are like involved in it, you know? Right. Um, so for me, I think one of the things that is table stakes for a documentary is access. Like you've got to have access to, so you bring up right, Keeper. like a well-rounded point of view, like a three sixty picture of the situation. Well, yeah, or just like you know, Brothers Keeper. Like you have to have access to your subjects and mm-hmm. be able to document actually what's happening, you know, and be able to tell that story. So uh, Wolfpack is it Wolfpack? Is yeah. that the other one? That's another one where like really that entire documentary exists because that's from not even this like a student filmmaker who just had incredible access to this f- unbelievable family. Right. That like the story basically unfolded. I mean, nothing writes itself. I know that, but like it unfolded like quite easily for her in, in that story was built around access. But I think when you, you can't always have, access in real time and be able to shoot things because you would never be able to tell a historical story, you know? So a couple that I was thinking of that are good examples of, um, how to manufacture access is, um, well, you've got to do one of two things. If you're not there and able to shoot it when it's happening, you have to either use archival footage or you have to reenact it. Right. And both, like, very dangerous territory to tread in. For sure. Because archival footage, it's like, you know, for one, like, your work is just, you have so much work to do to piece that shit together from a trillion different sources and try and, like, figure out, like, the timeline and and how you build your story around it. Or you're in recreation mode where... Like, unless you're doing that spot on, that shit feels really badly. It feels, right. it feels, it feels terrible. like a, a bad TV show, bad yeah. TV show. But one of the ones that I think is masterful at it is man on wire. Um, which is the story of the, 
um, the guy who did the tightrope walk between the World Trade Centers. Right. And that is, you know, very nearly, you know, probably almost half reenacted. And it fits so seamlessly that you can't even tell. And the thing with that movie and the other element I think that is, like, vital in any story is, like, having some sort of, like, tension. Like, something that makes you sit right. forward in your seat. And that thing is just, it's built in because you're, like, the whole time you're, like, fuck. You know going in just from, like, looking at the poster... Like, this dude's on a fucking high wire over... With with nothing. With fucking nothing. Like, you're just nervous from the minute you walk in there. This thing is like... Especially because I'm terrified of height, so... Yeah. Yeah. So tension, (laughs) like, the whole time you're like, fuck. So that one, I think, is is so fucking good. The other other one, and so in speaking of archival footage um, that's done masterfully, I think, is Bus 174. Have you I guys seen that. ever no. seen this? Oh my god! It's a story of um, in South America. I forget what country. To be honest, this is bad. Is this the one with the whole bus of students that went missing? Um, they, well, they didn't go missing. It's it's just a it's a public bus that gets taken hostage in in the middle of a city, and every fucking camera crew in the world is on it. Oh, okay. And this isn't the same thing I was talking about because there's a whole bus of students in Mexico that like disappeared. Oh, that's right. And yeah, they, no, this like isn't... found some like charred remains or whatever. But they're basically like yeah. one of the gangs, like or the government or someone, took a whole busload of student protesters and just eradicated. That's them all. fucking gnarly. Yeah. yeah. So okay, back to this. So it's bus one seventy four. Um, so they they tell the story. Um. Of I I can't believe I don't remember the name of the city. Um, but they tell the story of this hostage taking of this bus through archival footage, through news footage. Like it's there's just I mean a trillion cameras on this thing, trained on it, and they just pour through all this footage, and they use um you know the audio as well from the news transmissions, but they also weave in a ton of street kid stories. So hmm. it's one of these cultures in South America where there's tons of homeless kids that like live in packs and they were watching this whole thing and they were interviewing them. So it turned into the story that is not only about the hostage situation on the bus, but also the culture of the city and how like there's like all these homeless, like packs of kids kind of living there and, and, and not that shocked by this level of violence because people are getting taken down in this thing. Wow. It's gnarly. But that one, bus 174 is, is that's a must see. That's, that's Sounds great. It's really good. That's a, that's a must see. Like it's riveting. Absolutely riveting. Hmm. Masterful use of archival footage. Cool. Wow. I'm have to check that out. Yeah. A recommendation that I have of something that's more recent and it's interesting, this kind of, I mean, there's no doubt that it's, it's documentary, but it's, you wouldn't like, I don't think, you know, you wouldn't see it necessarily listed on like Netflix under documentaries because it's a TV program. Uh, but it's, uh, so, um, oh God, now I'm blanking on his name. Michael Kenneth Williams, the actor who played Omar on the wire. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, um, then was chalky white in boardwalk empire has a new documentary series on vice called black market where he goes to these crazy underground, speaking of access, like goes into the carjacking black market in Newark, 
where like it's the carjacking capital of the world. Yes, and he talks to is. all the people who are like operating the carjacking ring and gets to like what's interesting about it is it gets to the truth of like why are these people doing this? You know, and you get to see like these are actually just regular people who would prefer to have a job, but they don't have any other they don't have any means to move up in the world or do anything or get right. like provide for their families so they end up like doing this carjacking shit. Um the second episode, which is like equally as riveting and awesome, this is a Viceland show, but you can access it online. Like I just use my Xfinity login and I can get it for free. Yeah. Um the second one is about lean and the lean scene. Do you know about oh, lean? Yeah. It's crazy. So I didn't know anything about it until I watched this. And then it's fascinating because they talk about how many like mainstream rappers reference it. Like even Justin Bieber like drops lyrics about lean on his new record. Yeah, yeah. Because it's become like the hot thing to talk about. So basically it's like super potent like codeine cough syrup. And they mix it in like crazy fruity soda. Um, and there's something else. Oh, Jolly Ranchers. I think you put in with it. So That's it's right. just like, and you sit and you drink the two liter all day. Well, your man, your man, Danny Brown is oh, all about, all about the lean. I mean, not anymore. Yeah. Like he's, right. he's off it. That's must be why his teeth are so jacked up. Yeah. Right. Cause there's like, there's one guy who is, looks like a normal businessman who they interview. Who's totally addicted. To it. He's like, I've spent $17,000 at the dentist. <laughs> oh, cause it's so rough on your teeth. Oh yeah. Um, but it's it's like the ultimate status symbol. Like you are a serious fucking player in these communities, like Houston and uh, where it started. Like the Houston rap scene is like where this was pioneered and made famous, and now it's everywhere, Florida, all over. How do you get that script? Like people are paying like um, like serious, like well above Dom Perignon, like champagne prices for a bottle, and they're like. Drinking one every weekend, but that's illegal. Like it's illegal. It is illegal, but they're going to like they're finding cut rate pharmacies. A and, yeah, yeah. There's also evidently like the Mexican. It's so popular and such a huge thing that the Mexican cartel has been using Mexican pharmacies to like create knockoff shit and send it up. Yeah. So heroin, like liquid heroin, basically. Yeah. yeah. And it was like so, there's like a a pharmaceutical brand called Actavis that like no one would ever have heard of, you know, in real society, but it became like the brand name. It's like kind of like, Hey, you got that WMD, you got those red tops or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like you, if you got that Actavis, like you got the shit, like that's the best Fucking a. codeine cough syrup or whatever. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's crazy. And so you just get to, he can move, because of who he is and the credibility that he, he has like, yeah. And you know, he grew up in, you know, one of these communities in Baltimore before he was, became famous and was like addicted at one point and has gone to rehab. And, um, so he can move into those communities and like be w like one with these communities and not only get the access, but be treated not like an outsider, but like someone God that they're damn. trying to impress or they want to like talk to um, I can't believe they got him. Yeah. He's so good. He is so good. Holy shit. So that's really good. It's yeah. on Viceland, Black Market. Check it out. I think there's six episodes. They're about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour each. Oh, um, I'll check that out for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, I love him. Really good shit. And speaking of the night of, you know that he's in that. 
Uh, yes, we haven't got to the part where he's in it yet. But he's so good. Thanks a lot, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Sorry, but I, you had already Carrot told me that on the previous podcast. Though. Carrot and the stick. It, he's yeah. fucking so good. That's crazy. I remember hearing about that like when it first. I don't know if it was when it first started, but like ten years ago. The lean told yeah, lean but thing? Yeah. At, at that time point, they were calling it like purple drank or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's had a whole bunch of names, and now everyone's just like settled on lean. But yeah, there's like they go through the like scissor, yeah, scissor, yeah, all that shit. And I think part of the reason Little Wayne's career fell apart is because he was so cracked out. Yeah. Well, lean. I mean, you're a junkie. Yeah, like it's it's yeah. just it's no, it's the same thing as anyone else. It's just it's a socially, yeah. And they even talk about this in the documentary. It's like if you do heroin in this community, you're a scumbag. Yeah. If you do lean, you're a player. Yeah. Right. It's the same. Fucking so it's thing. like a socially acceptable addiction, basically. Right. And they like the other thing is the reason why it's not being more aggressively pursued by the police or drug enforcement is because it's a pacifying thing. Like sure, unlike alcohol or any of these other things, and, meth or right. I mean, after and evidently there hasn't been a lot of crime to get it for some reason. Um, so it's like, you know, in the opening scene when they go down to Houston, there's like a bunch of dudes at a place. They're all talking about and like working on their cars. There's a massive pit barbecue going, and they're all just like hanging out on a Sunday. And it's like a social gathering, yeah. like a social club. But they're all drinking lean out of two liters. What the fuck is wrong with that? Why not? <laughs> I mean, why not? This is your fucking life. It's your right. Yeah. It's your right. You should be able to get that. I am a full believer. There's no... Well, who are you to tell me I can't have that? <laughs> Honest to God. Yeah. I mean, like anything, if, it, if part of the reason it's probably such a... A prestigious status symbols because everyone can't get it. If yeah. everyone could get it, it would be like oh, crack. There's that dude fucking drinking cough syrup again. Like what an idiot, <laughs> right, you know, or yeah. whatever. So yeah. Well, if anybody can score me some, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll get that Haritos pineapple. I feel like that's what I would roll with. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Or fruit punch. I like that ting. Yeah, the ting. Ting man. Ting man. <laughs> yeah. It's good shit. What else you got, Santos? Anything else? Uh, what else have I got? I got some um, new dinosaur record, new dinosaur junior record. You're looking at someone who just shared a stage with dinosaur junior. It's true, yeah. Like on Sunday. Get last the week. fuck. Yeah, we played at Rec- <laughs> Wrecking Ball Festival on the stage with them. Like they were like two bands, out, three bands after us or something. Oh my god! Seriously? Yeah. I and I I I was I I wanted I was like. It's true what they say. More stage volume just sounds better. It does, right? Like the three full stacks, and I was like, he, he, yeah. that guitar sound is pretty fucking incredible. That's how he does, yeah. Wall of sound. Yeah. Um, and that record is fucking great. I'm a huge, yeah. huge dinosaur fan. Um, wow, very. I'm very impressed. Um, that's fucking cool. I am, yeah, and the new record is, is fan-fucking-tastic. It's so great. I I don't remember the last time they put out a bad record, you know. There's some that are better than others, but right. But um definitely psyched for that. And they're coming through town. They're they're on obviously as you know on tour. Um so looking forward to that. I had this thing happen once where I went my friend was like, you know, Ama the Hugging Saint? Yeah. Which Jay Maskus is like a devotee of. Yep. 
And uh, my friend was like, oh, yeah, let's go see Ama or whatever. So we went to the Javits Center in New York. It's like two in the morning or something. Because like if you go in the middle of the night, you can like get a slot. It's like really hard to get a hugging slot or pretty hard. And so we go and we're like hanging out and there's like, you know, like they've got like a big PA Pivo chanting and stuff. And so we're like hanging out and all of a sudden this like killer guitar solo like kicks down in the middle of this like Bajan chanting thing. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And it's Jay Mask is no. like plugged straight in the PA. He's like leading this chanting group and like noodling in between like when they're what? chanting. What? He's like playing. He's like. <laughs> it's in the oh job center, which is this huge air hangar. It's enormous. Like they're just echo and reverberating. Yeah, yeah. Whole... So it's like three in the morning and I'm all like tired and we're like, I'm like, this is the most incredible. Like no one, you know, everyone's just like, what? Oh, it's amazing. My God. Yeah. Yeah. He's crazy about that, dude. Yeah. yeah. The hugging saint. A friend of mine just interviewed him. She. for. Oh, is it a she? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know nothing really about about her except that he's like a huge devotee. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what's the deal? Just like hugs. She like goes all over the world, and like people line up, and you get a hug from her. Is it like the leftovers? It, yeah, I was just gonna say, is that where the leftovers got that thing from? Where What's he hugs the people and takes their pain, or whatever? Maybe I don't know. What the, oh, I never saw the leftovers yet. It's pretty good. I, I, I love it. He's he doesn't love it. Right, right. I love it. Um, yeah, HBO. Um series but yeah a, a buddy of mine interviewed him for a documentary about the melvins that he just made and um and he talks about going to interview him and he makes the he makes the cut in the movie for like like one clip because he, he interviewed him and he like drove to the middle of like just fucking shit tooth fucking sacramento valley somewhere right, right. because and he's like why he's like Dude, what are you doing out here? Like, you have no tour dates out here. He's like, oh, this person that I follow is out here. And he was telling me, he's like, I was out. He's like, in this hotel. He's like, there were just, like, people everywhere that, he's like, I did not know what was going on. I was like, oh, I'm like, that's his guru. Like, that's right, his right, yeah. that's his person out there. But, yeah, he interviewed him, and he's like, I couldn't use any of it because he's just like, yeah, man, the Melvins are super cool. Like, it's Jay Maskus, just like so slow and drawing everything out for so long. Doesn't work well for cutting yeah. cutting into a film. You know what I mean? Right. It's kind of a tough, tough deal. But I would love to be out. I mean, when he told me the story, I was like, if I could be out in the middle of some fucking weird like clarion suites in <laughs> in the valley with jay mascus and his guru like i would never leave yeah <laughs> i would never leave i'd be hugging every every motherfucker in there yeah. <laughs> i mean it's super intense like she's like hugged millions given millions of hugs like she has like permanent like black marks on her face and body where, the like, from fuck. the impact and, like, if, when you go for your hug, like, there's, like, people who are assisting. Like, it's all very organized. You get a number because you, like, kept those, like, pe- people are just lined up for hours. And when you get up there, there's a, and there's a, I guess it could be a man some days, but there's a woman there who was, like, shoving you down and going, like, get down, get down lower because they want you to, like, she's, she's big, but they want you to hit, like, you know, meet her very low rather than up against her face because it, like, like, she's taking shots to the fucking basic. I mean, because, you know, it's like any repetitive motion injury, you know? Right. So they're like, if you're lower, then you're like on the the body, which is softer. But if you're up here, it's all bony. Right. For fuck's sake. And she'll, she'll sit there 24 hours, 36 hours, like without a break. Just, just hug like, him, motherfuckers. Yeah, like 
over and over. It's incredible. What it is incredible. What an outpouring. Like that's a lot of hugging. That's a vocation. Right I'm there. a t- yeah. Yeah. I'm touchy, but I ain't that fucking touchy. That's a lot of hugging. <laughs> I gotta, yeah, I, I gotta, I'd be like the saint of the casual handshake of the, or something. You know, like, yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, what's your, like, what's your saint? I, I hug my name? mom like twice a year. I'm like, that's about it. So. <laughs> oh, my God. That like funny. a proper fucking Scandinavian. <laughs> like, exactly. Yes. It's keeping it's it reasonable. Little right. touching as possible. <laughs> I don't know what my say. I don't know what I would do. You're a hugger. I'm a t- uh, yeah. I'm yeah. A, you gave I'm, me a good hug. It's the green. We had not met before. And we had like, not. Well, no. Yeah, you kicked it down. Yeah, oh, I'm always. I'm a hugger. Yeah, yeah, it's good. But a lot of love. <laughs> a lot of love to go yeah. around. Yeah, overflowing. Yeah, yeah. Yep, overflowing. Yeah. Like, maybe I should be a guru. Yeah. So maybe the motherfuckers line up for me. Or like the, the you know, mom is like the ma- the brew master, and you're the the hug dilettante or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, if you don't want to wait in line, we got our JB hugger. Over I'm here. right here, man. Yeah. Just with a big cardboard sign that says free hugs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. <laughs> right on. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there. Yeah. Oh, free, man, we hit hour already. Free hugs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks See? everyone for listening. Thanks. Uh, huge thanks to our special guest and wonderful audio engineer. Yeah, Kaya this Fisher. is so nice to have you. Yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Realization of a long-time dream for me. (laughs) Uh, Don't forget, please rate and review on iTunes. It would be uh, very grateful. If we get 25 reviews, I'm going to make good-looking out T-shirts, like really well-designed T-shirts, and I'm going to send them to everyone. Nice. Yeah. Whoa. All right. So that's the goal. 25. I should have mentioned that at the top, but now now we'll probably get like, Three, now but, you know who gets all the way through. Yeah, we get some cool design on there. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, oh, killer! Fuck. Speaking of which, I've got a present for you. I guess it'll have to wait till the next. Yes, it'll have to wait till the next podcast. All right, but, killer! I can wait. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.